0: Hello, and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics, and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we've been joined by uh, two of my colleagues and fellow financial planners within FLM, Dom Bose and David Blows. So welcome, Dom.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Caitlin.
0: And welcome, David.
1: Lovely to be back. And before we begin, I've got an apology to make because I have a cold. It's not the cold that's going <laughs> around, but I'm either going to sound really sexy or really ill.
0: I'm not going to cast any judgment on which one until the end of the podcast and we can take a (laughs) (laughs) vote. Well, despite um, the the colds flying around today, we're actually here to talk about inheritance tax and this is going to be covered in a two part series because it is a very complicated area of planning. So today we're going to be focusing on the basics of inheritance tax and you might hear us uh, referring to it as IHT for short. So welcome, guys. Great to have you both here. And if we're just going to get straight into things, um, Losey, let's start with you. Let's talk about what exactly inheritance tax means for people in, in 2021.
1: It means a big pain in the backside, actually, because you work all your life, you earn money, you pay income tax, you know, you pay, you know, capital gains tax on investments you pay your national insurance and then it comes to the end of things and you die and try and leave all of your hard-earned assets to people that you care about and the government comes along and whacks a big tax charge on it um that tax charge is is about 40 percent above a certain threshold so it means ultimately that in some cases with parents for example leaving money to their kids if they've got quite a few children it could well mean that the the money that they leave to HMRC is greater than that that any of their children receive individually. So, yeah, a bit of a bit of a kick in the teeth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So who who exactly does this impact? You know, Dom, if we come on to you, because I think a lot of people often think, you know, inheritance tax won't won't affect me. But as David said, there are some thresholds and I think there's still a lot of confusion around who needs to to think about whether they're going to be impacted by inheritance tax.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in terms of inheritance, everyone's going to have to go through that process. But who's going to be impacted by inheritance taxes is those individuals that are probably a bit older and haven't necessarily planned for an inheritance tax, uh, speaking frankly. Those that hold more assets than others. And that those assets, as Blosey correctly said, is going to be liable to inheritance tax uh, above um, a, f- a threshold which varies for uh, on a case by case basis, really. Um, so, it not only impacts the individual who's saying goodbye to the world, but also impacts their their spouses, their families. It it impacts that all that circle of people around that individual
1: uh, massively. Um, and, just, in- and just building building on that, Dom. Sorry to cut across. Is is. You're absolutely right, because it's the, you know, in the case of the classic kind of parents leaving everything to their kids, it's the kids that pay the inheritance tax, isn't it? Not the parents. Mm. So actually, you know, the parents could could be, you know, savage about it and just sort of shrug their shoulders and go, well, it's not my problem. But it impacts the whole family. Absolutely. And
2: it is a stressful thing to actually go through the probate process in the UK is not um, as efficient as it could be. And quite quite frankly, parents can make it very easy or very difficult on their children um, when they're planning for inheritance tax. So it it has huge uh, and wide ranging impacts on all the people around you, frankly.
0: Yeah, I think particularly in the UK, we know that it's a very asset rich country and a lot of people we come across have built up the majority of their assets in their main residence and we know that the the bill needs to be paid and in some cases that will have to involve uh selling the property which again can be a really strenuous and arduous exercise for the children to have to undertake during a period where they're actually grieving so we we definitely have seen firsthand how difficult it can be for families going through that
2: yeah absolutely i think um If I'm referring or thinking back to a client's case, they had to sell two properties. That was basically the entire asset base of their parents. And they had to sell both just to cover the inheritance tax because one was a smaller property, one was a larger one. And the inheritance tax bill was greater than the smaller property, which is just baffling to most people. Most people who've never been through the inheritance tax process would find that uh, incredible that that's the situation
1: many people have to, well, find themselves in frankly and there are even situations where the inheritance tax needs to be paid before probate is granted and probate is the legal document that's required in order for the estate to sort of be distributed to the people that are benefiting from it so you know the 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 children in the classic case so if if there's an inheritance tax bill that needs to be calculated and paid before they can lay their hands on the estate they could end up having to find the money to pay the tax charge themselves or even take out a loan, in you know, a short-term loan of some sort to pay the IHT before they can receive their inheritance. So from a cash flow perspective, it can be pretty disruptive as well. Yeah, mm.
0: definitely. And so on that, David, how is the inheritance tax actually determined? What What is the process and and what are these thresholds that you've been talking about?
1: So essentially, everything you own is added up and uh, then there are certain things that you might have that are exempt from inheritance tax. Um, so without wishing to steal the thunder of the, the, the following podcast, part two to this, um, the, the most common things that are exempt from inheritance tax are your pension plans, um, any business you own. So if you're a, a, you know, a, a limited company and you have a, a business, that's often exempt as well. And also any investments that you may have made into smaller early stage companies that qualify for certain tax reliefs. So in a nutshell, everything you own is is added up and its value is calculated. And then you have an allowance called the nil rate band, which is a threshold at which you do not have to pay an inheritance tax. And it's currently in the UK uh, £325,000 per individual. So £650,000 for a couple married couple. Um, And then finally, there's also something you may have heard of called the main residence nil rate band, which is when property forms part of the assets that you own, which is in most cases uh, the case. And that ultimately pushes up the threshold for an individual up to a maximum of 500 and for a married couple up to a maximum of a million pounds. So essentially, if you're an individual unmarried with more than 500,000 pounds of assets, including property, then you're going to have some inheritance tax to pay. If you're a married couple with more than a million, um, of which includes property, then same applies. You've got a, um, an inheritance tax bill to pay. And anything above that threshold is taxed at 40 percent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just to add on to Blosie's point as well, if you are very fortunate and have assets that exceed two million pounds, you do actually start to lose your residential nil rate band as well which can drag you all the way down to a nil rate band of just £650,000 for a married couple or £325,000 for a wealthy individual. So that has a, a massively uh, impactful, um, that, that has a massive impact uh, on a lot of individuals in terms of
1: their inheritance tax as well. And something a lot of people aren't aware of even in this space and what we've seen over the last you know 10 or 20 years is huge increases in asset prices both in terms of like the property markets going up so quickly particularly in the southeast and you know in spite of the the crash in 2007 2008 you know equity markets and investment values going up as well and the rate at which those um, assets have increased have dramatically outstripped the increases to the nil rate band. So, the last time the the nil rate band allowance was increased was in two thousand and nine. Prior to that, it had been increasing fairly steadily every year, but it hasn't increased at all in the last twelve years. And in the in the meantime, um, you know, stock markets around the world have pretty much doubled in value. Property prices probably quite similar. So more and more people are getting dragged into this inheritance tax scenario that perhaps previously didn't feel wealthy enough to be, um, you know, worried about it. Or, so it's, it's an increasingly um, big issue for an increasing number of people.
0: Definitely. So, so in terms of who should be thinking about their IHT planning, it actually sounds like quite a significant amount of people then.
2: I think that's certainly the case. And as bursey says, these nil rate bans, the residential nil rate bans, they're not increasing with inflation under current legislation. So it's going to catch more and more of the UK populace um going forward. And we've seen that in the inheritance tax receipts that the UK government's been receiving. I think it's it's almost doubled since um, you know, the residential nil rate bans was actually announced, um, which is just a fantastic stat. And you know, it's is proof that, you know, asset prices have gone up, but people also aren't aren't looking at this and thinking it's something that they need to pay attention to, frankly, because it is likely the largest tax bill they or their children will ever have to pay, frankly,
1: in many cases. And obviously, in terms of the type of people that should be thinking about inheritance tax, you know, obviously, it makes sense as you get older. To, to consider this. So people probably in their sort of 60s and, and beyond should have this on the radar. Uh, but equally, you know, if you're in your 40s, um, you should be thinking about it from your parents' point of view because it, it may not be something that they will naturally gravitate towards and think about. So it may need some, some coercion and some encouragement from you. Um, that's obviously often an awkward conversation to have, um, but actually it should be seen as a positive one and not a dark and scary one. Um, because, you know, an IHT liability is is a first world problem. And, you know, it is avoidable, there are plans that you can put in place to help you save this tax, you do not have to pay it. Um, But it requires some careful planning, and some some accurate and professional advice. You know, we have lots of clients that like to do things themselves from a point of view of financial management, some of whom like to invest their own money and manage it themselves. We certainly don't think this is an area that people should do themselves advice is crucial because any you know small slip up could completely destroy any potential IHT planning that somebody does so this is certainly a very sensitive area
2: absolutely there's plenty of tripwires in the world of inheritance tax I think but on that topic of if you're in your mid-40s you should be raising this topic with your parents how would you go about that bloating because You're not quite in your 40s yet, but you're not too far off. (laughs) So so how would you bring this up with your parents if you were in a position where you know your parents would potentially be liable or your parents' estate would be liable to inheritance tax?
1: If it's something that you're really uncomfortable with, I would involve an advisor. Um, I would even sort of almost point the blame at them and say, look, I was talking to my financial advisor the other day about my pension plan and they mentioned inheritance tax and whether my parents, i.e. you, had, had considered it. You know, would you have any issue with me potentially introducing my financial advisor? Because there's probably quite a lot of things that we could be doing as a family, um, and that way you're sort of putting the onus on the advisor rather than having to have an awkward conversation as a as a potential beneficiary, which might make you look like a bit of a money money grabber. Um, so yeah, I would I would seek advice without sounding like a broken record.
0: And at what point do you think it is best to start to involve an advisor on this subject, whether it's to do with your parents' estate or, or even when you know, with, within your own affairs?
1: I don't think, from my point of view, I don't know how you feel, Don, but I, I don't feel like there really is a right and a wrong time. I think the, the point is is you need to inform yourself and get in a position where you understand what your inheritance tax liability is. That can be done at any point. The action initially might be okay. There's an inheritance tax liability there, but for now, I'm comfortable with that. It's not a priority. Um, for example, if you're building towards retirement, you obviously want to make sure that you've got enough money for yourself first before you worried about before you worry about if there's going to be enough for people you leave behind. So, you know, understanding what the liability is is one thing, and that can be done at any time. Actually, taking action and and potentially putting in place some plans that may involve gifting some of that money away investing it into things that are exempt from inheritance tax that might come later but i don't think there's there's a particularly uh there's a particular issue with getting yourself informed sooner rather than later
2: i think the the one thing i would add to that is actually considering when you're taking action and realizing when you are doing that as a parent i know um having witnessed it many times actually is where for example, an individual has been helped onto the property ladder in their mid-20s and their parents don't understand that has inheritance tax implications. And actually, that that sort of gift is irrevocable, but it has lasting effects for a seven-year time frame. And that can really impact the level of planning you could do with a financial advisor. So actually, I think if you are at any point handing money down, even though you think it's... Um, you know not important it really can have quite a massive influence on your ability to plan for inheritance tax
0: yeah definitely i had a situation with some clients recently their brother and sister and they'd both been gifted uh, lump sums uh, for their first properties and very sadly their father passed away before that seven year uh, window had elapsed and you know those gifts were then clawed back into the estate and there was some tax to pay on those and again it is just puts you into a quite a difficult situation where you know you have thought you've got this this lump of money and actually you know several years later you're having to pay tax on it because you know everyone underestimates their own mortality don't they
1: it also comes back to you know the retirement planning piece which is Understanding when you've got enough, because as soon as you've got enough for you to be able to do what you want to do with your retirement and and enjoy the the, the life that you you want, then you can start inheritance tax planning. So the earlier you kind of get your ass in gear with the, um, the, the retirement planning, the sooner you can start addressing the IHT piece and therefore the risk of you not living the requisite amount of time having made a gift in that example you just gave Kate you know, is, it becomes less and less because you've started sooner.
0: Absolutely. So what would be the first thing you would recommend uh, an individual or a family to, to think about when it comes to looking at their estate?
1: Okay, well, very boringly, the first thing is to write a will. And that becomes relevant, you know, probably as soon as you have kids, to be honest, um, but, it, but particularly with inheritance tax, because it's important that you document legally who you would like to benefit from the money that you leave behind um i had a, an example recently of a client who wrote a will in 2015 and sadly passed away in 2021 earlier this year and he hadn't updated his will even though his situation had changed quite considerably um in that time he'd lost his wife very sadly and he'd met somebody else but they were unmarried so that created huge complexity because there was a definite disjoint between what the will said and what I know his wishes would have been much more recently. So, you know, getting a will written is a, is the first step. And it can be done very, very cost effectively. They're not expensive to set up. Um, so definitely, um, number one is is get your will written.
0: I think the marriage piece is quite interesting, because I'm sure a lot of people in the UK and and our listeners also aren't aware of the fact that in getting married you actually null and void the previous wills you had in place as well so it's again if your circumstances do change whether it's you know marriage or, or bereavement um it's it's very important to keep on top of those wills have them updated regularly so is there anything else that you think our listeners should consider when starting to to plan on the IHT front
2: I mean, in reality, we've just covered off the um, the legal documentation concerning how you want your estate to be distributed. I think with inheritance tax, you also need to plan for if you're incapable of actually running the estate yourself while alive. It's a power of attorney, and I've got to apologise again because it does mean you'll have to speak to a solicitor again, um, and they're not fun and um, financial advisors, but it's it's absolutely worth doing. Um, And quite frankly, you know, I had a power of attorney over my grandfather before he passed away. And it was absolutely essential given the the situation, but also making sure that power of attorney is well set up so that um, those with that power can actually plan for inheritance tax. A lot of powers of attorney don't allow that when in reality, um, Provided you trust that individual implicitly, that they should have that flexibility to plan and provide as much of the estate as possible to your beneficiaries, whoever they may be, children, grandchildren, etc. So I would say that's the next thing to actually look at. Uh, And that just covers your back effectively and sets the foundation so that inheritance tax can always be planned for, whether you have the capacity to do it yourself or not. I'd say that's quite an important step to take personally.
1: Yeah. Lastly, for me, I would say, you know, it's, it's a tricky scenario. It's a tricky position, right? You know, it's, it's not an easy topic to broach. It's not an easy one to talk about. The, the, the solutions are quite difficult to understand. But the point is that, you know, there are helping hands there. We certainly obviously specialize in IHT planning. We um, help clients work out what their liability is and what they need to do next. Um, but it's really about, you know, a holistic planning uh, from top to bottom, because particularly as a sort of an older person looking to do some planning to make sure your kids, for example, or, or you know beneficiaries don't pay tax, you need to understand how much you need for yourself. That's number one. Um, people have a big fear of gifting money away because they're worried that in their very old age, they might need some of it back to pay for care and nursing homes and that sort of thing. These are things that can be planned for. Um, so my, my point would be, you know, just don't be shy about it. Have a call with someone who knows what they're talking about. Start to deal with a problem or at least identify whether or not you have one um, and identify what the potential solutions are. And then you can kind of take, you know, take it or leave it. The alternative, Caitlin, is obviously move to Australia, which I know is where you're from. There's no inheritance tax there, is there?
0: Easy peasy.
1: And the weather's better.
0: The weather is love. much better.
1: Is that why you moved here, Caitlin? Because you've got more people to advise on inheritance tax in the UK. You were running out of clients over there.
0: It it is a much more complicated system over here, I must admit, and not helped by the fact that the legislation seems to change quite frequently as well. It certainly keeps us relevant, that is for sure.
1: Something has to, mate.
0: Brilliant, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And um, to everyone listening, don't forget, we're going to be continuing this discussion on inheritance tax in part two, where we'll be finding out uh, the key to planning early and discussing more around some of the solutions, really getting into the nitty gritty of it all. But thank you both for joining us and look forward to speaking next time.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks very much, Caitlin.